I know. You've got the most cheery little meow, yet it's still so sad. <laughs> right. <laughs> I was like, total dream girl. Right. Oh, I've already hit record. Oh. <laughs> Oops. Oops. All right. Well, we'll just cut it. Cut it. Cut it. <laughs> Your price is way too high. You need to cut it. Yeah, that's going in there somewhere. <laughs> Your podcast's way too long. You need to cut it. <laughs> All right. Who even sang that? I have no idea. I don't know. Did we ever figure out about Fetty Wap? If that was derogatory? No. <laughs> we need to look it up. Let me Google it. <laughs> I mean, he's a rapper. So I'm sure it's somewhat derogatory. <laughs> you can't be a rapper without being a little derogatory. Being a little, being a little rough around the edges, huh? Right. What's wrong with his eye? I googled Fetty Wap and I said, oh, he's missing an eye. What? <laughs> I didn't know that. Because I googled it. I googled, googled Fetty Wap and it came up Fetty Wap eye. And I'm like, well, what about his eye? I didn't know he only had one eye. Yep. He lost it. So is it like closed? Does he have an eye patch? Does uh-huh. he have a glass eye? Nah, he don't give a fuck. He's just, it's just there. Let me see. Oh, wow. Right. Cool. Good for him. Right. I know. Good for him. That's body positivity (laughs) right there. Yeah. Speaking of body positivity, hello, all of our beautiful freaks, creeps, and darklings. I'm Christy Kroll with Auditities and Clitorosities podcast, sitting in front of the sexy black mesh-covered Ashley Lynn. Hi. How are you doing? Good. How are you? I'm fabulous. Yeah. I get you, you as a super view. cute. I was just saying the same about you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thanks. Oh. Thanks. <laughs> All about sweetness. Simultaneously put our hands under our chin. Right. <laughs> you look cute. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> we again have the furry menagerie. Yes, we do. Just. <laughs> I think the hand under the chin comes from the fact that we're both really into. The 1950s, like, pinup. Total cheesecake. Yeah. Well, speaking of cheesecake, not only do we both look like cheesecake, we are covering our, one of our biggest, most iconic, just ever, I don't even know how to explain our obsession with Petty Page. Why did it sound like Petty Page? It did sound like Petty Page. Petty Page! <laughs> no, was, she was definitely a huge <laughs> influence, like, for me at the very, very beginning. Because it was something about, like, cause she's just so, just sexy and super empowering all at the same fucking time. Very charismatic. Yeah. As well. Like, everything just looked very natural for her. Right. Betty Page. <laughs> not Petty Page. <laughs> I apologize. I was listening to Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers before Ashley got here today, so I guess my mind is just in Petty mode. (laughs) I feel like that needs to be a cartoon character, though. Petty Page. Petty Page. (laughs) (laughs) Like an evil Betty Boop. (laughs) Like, that's who it would be. Just walking around doing, like, the ultimate mean girl shit. Somebody made a comic book about Betty Page called The Betty Pages. Oh, how clever. Except they spelled her name wrong. Did they spell it with a Y? Yeah. Yeah. But then again, they're probably trying to avoid too much copyright infringement. But we'll get into that. Yeah. We'll get into that. Because she was quite particular. She was. So, starting with the birth of our queen, Betty Page was born April 22nd, 1923, to some pretty terrible people. (laughs) Yes. Um... In Nashville, Tennessee. In Nashville, Tennessee. You know, that's why, one of the reasons why she had a problem breaking into the acting. Oh, her accent. Because of her fucking accent. It was a strong one. It was. It was so cute, though. It was precious. It was very, very endearing. Yeah. Oh, Betty. Um, She was a just happy person. Mm -hmm. She, you know, had a pretty shitty situation going on at home. Um, Her mom had... Raptor! Oh, my God! Her mom had, what was it, six kids? 
I think so. I want to say either six or eight, but I know she had a lot of siblings. <laughs> I'm going to take this away from you. Yeah, because that's going to work. He's just going to open the door. He's a Houdini. He is. Gonna come barreling through here. Hey, bitch, who do you think you are? <laughs> I know. Closing the door in my face. See the little note? Look at it. <laughs> <laughs> so, Betty Page's parents did not last um, like most couples did at this time in history. They actually got a divorce. Wow. Which was pretty um, incredible, considering her mom only had, like, a third grade education. Yeah. Uh, I think it was, like, six children, something like that. Right. And it got to a point where she couldn't afford to take care of all of her kids. And so she sent Betty and one of her sisters away to live in an orphanage, a Protestant orphanage, for two years. Ugh. That's so rough. Isn't it rough? But I feel like it's better than what her home situation was. Which she came back to. Right. It's like her her dad, actually, even though they were divorced, he had been in prison for, I think he, like, assaulted somebody or something. I don't know. He was in prison. He was a piece of shit. He assaulted, he sexually assaulted his children. Trigger warning. I'm sorry. I'm so bad at not giving a trigger warning before I say shit like that. I need to be better, do better. There you go. Um... <laughs> Trigger warning, Betty Page's father sexually assaulted um, his daughters, and whenever the parents got divorced, he actually started renting out the mother's basement, both because being an ex-felon, it was hard for him to find a place to rent, and two, to help her out financially, because, you know, here we are. Well, also in the um, documentary about Betty Page, Mm -hmm. she had made the comment that he was essentially a very awful sex addict that oh, would yeah have sex with chickens and yeah, let's stick it in a goat just yeah. anywhere he anywhere he could what was that uh in repo the genetic opera <laughs> whatever oh i don't remember which son it was anyways he like sings He's singing. Oh, that's one of my... It's where the three siblings are all yeah, singing. Yeah, they're, like, all singing together, and he's like, <laughs> I will find a hole and fuck <laughs> it. If there ain't one, I will make one. Luigi, don't take shape from no one. I love Tana. I wasn't Luigi. because he's my favorite. And he starts, like, whenever he says he'll find a hole and fuck it, he drop, grabs one of the gin turns and just, like, stabs her in the stomach and... <laughs> If y'all have not seen Repo, the genetic <laughs> opera, you need to. Because if you're listening to this, part of you, part of you gets tickled by dark stuff, and it's a good, it's a good movie for that. And Paris Hilton looks hot as fuck. <laughs> and ironically enough, in the song um, "Zydrate Anatomy," is that yeah. the song? Uh, she's wearing a very Betty Page inspired ensemble. Right. Yeah. True. So yeah. Um, Betty claims that while her father never actually raped her like he did her sisters, um, she said that she let him touch her on the outside for 10 cents so she could go to the movies. Gross. Um, it's gross, but I mean, just knowing what we know of sexual assault, it makes me wonder how much of that is true. Like, did she let him? Did she actually consent to that? Or did she tell herself that she let him to... Well, regardless, it's gross. Well, yeah. Yeah. No, 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 no. I'm not saying it's not. It's awful. It's so fucked up. But it just... It makes me sad for her. No, absolutely. Either, like, all the way around. Yeah. Um... But, I mean, she was... She was still optimistic and bright and happy. She was very intelligent. Um, in high school, she was, like, very involved with a bunch of different things. Uh, I want to say she even won, like, Homecoming Queen. Yeah. Yeah, she was just very ambitious and competitive. And wasn't she was salutatorian? Yes. She, she? Yeah. wanted very desperately to be valedictorian, but she she only got salutatorian. I say only got, but right. to her, <laughs> to her, she really wanted the valedictorian because she wanted a, the full scholarship. Yeah. But being salutatorian, she got the $100 scholarship with... Which got her into a teaching college instead of university. Right. Um, so she went teaching thing, went that route, didn't, found she didn't love it, wanted to be, you know, move off to Hollywood and be a be big a star. Be a star. I'm going to be famous. 
And so she moved to L.A. to pursue acting after graduating. And um, acting was not her forte, turns out. Well, apparently she was really good. It was just the people didn't like her. The people did not like her because of her accent. And she was thicker than most of the girls were at the time. Which is crazy to me. Because she has such (laughs) a fucking perfect figure, in my opinion. And she is thin. She's thin, but she's not, like, um, like gaunt. Right. She is full, and yeah. she is, but thin. Like, she's filled out, and she's healthy looking. I mean, Betty said herself that she loved to exercise. She loved to take care of her body, because she loved her body. Right. And hearing these people telling her, like, your body's too big, and your accent's too strong, she's like, well, shit. So she went to all these different acting classes and all of these voice coaches trying to work that accent out. But in there, I mean, I was going to say trying to uh, work that Nashville out is just as hard as me trying to work that old river out and you trying to work that Alvin out. Like (laughs) it doesn't happen. (laughs) I was in a choir and theater in high school and I mean, I was mostly able to maintain that accent and even to this day like I still am very conscious of some of the words that I say yeah but for the most part the only thing it helped me with was my lisp it used to be so much worse than it is now (laughs) but yeah mine definitely helped me with my accent well all my public speaking and stuff Mm -hmm. um because they wanted me to have a neutral accent so I could a lot of people could identify with me um yeah (laughs) my accent was so much worse than it is now yeah I've been to Alvin, I know. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, she... Yeah, she she just really couldn't get ahead with acting. And the one time she finally had a role that she was, like... What looked very promising for her. um, She didn't get it because she wouldn't entertain the producers after dark. Right. Good for her. Yeah, absolutely. Which shows this shit's been happening for a long time. It's been happening for a long-ass time. It didn't start with the Me Too movement. It's been... I mean, it's been in Hollywood forever. Mm -hmm. Since Hollywood was Hollywood. Disgusting. Very disgusting. But that also shows what a bad bitch Betty Page was. Right, she didn't give a fuck. The fact that even back then, she didn't just... I mean, no pun intended, intended, just like bend over and take it. Right. You know, like she's like, "Uh -uh, uh-uh, fuck y'all. Yeah. Do my own thing. Which she did. She up and moved to New York and was like, all right, well, if the screens of Hollywood don't want me, maybe the stages of Broadway do. Yeah. So she went to New York and that was that. Um, she did briefly marry the sailor guy. I think his name I was like that. Billy or Willie, <laughs> Bobby. A generic sailor man's name. A generic sailor man's name who... They uh, took a bus to another town to get married at the courthouse, and on the way home, Betty knew she fucked up. She <laughs> she said it herself. She was like, we were on our way home, and I knew I just made a big mistake. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, I should have known myself with marriage, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, he went off to war, and whenever he came back, he like started hitting on her and shit, and so she Damn. divorced him. Right. She's like, bye. Fuck yeah. Fuck that. Um, now in 1949 is when things started changing for Betty. Yeah. Um, she caught the attention of a man at Jones Beach by the name of Jerry Tibbs, um, who was a police sergeant as well as a part-time photographer. Um, him and his friend, uh, Cass taught a photography class at the YMCA and they invited her to come model for them. And he just, he saw something in her. Yeah. And, I mean, you can see it looking through all of her pictures. There's, I don't think, a single picture I've ever seen of Betty Page where she doesn't just ooze confidence and joy. Well, she had said um, one time, I don't remember what documentary it was in, but she had made a comment that her and her sister... The closest one in age. They Mm -hmm. always wanted to be actresses. And so they would always go out into the front yard and pretend like there were people taking their pictures and that they were models. So -hmm. she started at a really young age posing. Yeah, they started. Which helped amazing. Oh, absolutely. Like imitating what the Hollywood stars were doing. Right. Working those poses, working those body body angles and everything. Like you said, from such a young age. It's like that just 
just follow through. second nature. Yeah. Huh. Huh. Uh, I, that's when she, you know, started getting the attention from other photographers. Um, from everyone, from amateur to professional. Um, she was featured in Wink and Flirt magazine. <laughs> Isn't that such a cute that name? Is. Wink and Flirt. Back then it was... Like, I guess that was probably the equivalent of nowadays Pornhub. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she was just doing, like, pretty little pin-up shoots. Um, what we know to be pin-up. Yeah. Um, like, the, the little cheesecake looks. The, you know, the barbecue pit got hung on the edge of your apron and your panties are showing. Which were incredibly risky or risque. Very we had risque. that conversation about risque on one of our other podcasts. We did. It was... <laughs> Very taboo at the time, but yeah. not quite as taboo as some of the looks that she would get into. But we'll get to that in a second. Mm, my favorite. Um, after being featured in Wink and Flirt magazine, she actually ended up landing Centerfold in Playboy oh, for amazing. their, I want to say it was their Christmas or their January edition. Yeah. Yeah. I believe, don't quote me on this, but I want to say that that Centerfold picture was the one... That iconic Christmas picture that all of your pinup friends post as their Facebook profile yes. picture at Christmas time with the green background and the little white Christmas tree and Betty sitting there nude putting a little ornament with a Santa hat on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want to say that was the picture. Um, but yeah, her, her centerfold in Playboy caught the attention of a man that would change everything. Oh, man. Irving Claw. Yeah. Mr. Claw. Mr. Claw. Mr. Claw. He was kind of a big deal in the pinup world. Right. Um, he was um, particularly known for his photographs, his and his sister's photographs of bondage. Man. Oh, man. This is where it all started for me. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. But... It was not pornography. Nope. No. Because there were no men featured in the pictures, and there was no nudity. So, therefore, it's not pornography. They said that over and over and over again. (laughs) Not pornography. (laughs) Um, These pictures featured ropes and leather and spankings. There were videos, role-playing with other women... Betty got paid $10 an hour for this. Do you know what the equivalent is of that? I honestly don't, but I do know that secretaries were making about $2 an hour. Wow. For a full, you know, eight-hour day, whereas Betty was working $10 an hour for five hours a day and would get a $50 tip at the end of the day. That's amazing. Isn't that just She was rolling in it. She was making about 100 bucks a day. Right on. Which is a lot. Yeah. For that time. Um, yeah, she, she just was like, fuck it. Why not? She never once thought she was doing anything wrong. Mm -mm. No. And she had even said that, um, you know, like she just thought it was funny because a lot of people or men would submit requests, Mm -hmm. um, particularly like doctors and lawyers. Yeah. So they would ask for different positions or somebody doing a certain, like something like one of the girls doing something to Betty, Betty doing something to one of the girls. And she said that she never thought that it was any of it was sexual. She just always thought it was kind of funny that they would ask for like the random stuff. And she she said that that was her way of acting. Was to be able to actually do that. That's what she was doing. Like, there was one... There's one picture where she's... I want to say she's partially hogtied. And she's in another girl's lap. And the other girl's spanking her. And (laughs) she's, like, trying to, like, dive forward. And they tell her to act like it hurts. And, I mean, you... She does really, really good. You can tell by the picture that the girl is, like, posing. Um, But she does, Betty. Actually, she makes it look like... And that moment that that one little whap hurt. And that's what set her apart from all of the other models that were doing the the pinup shoots or even the bondage looks was everyone else was very posed and pretty. And Betty was the only one that was Mm -hmm. genuinely looking terrified. Right. And so that's what set her apart was her love for acting is what just made that popularity soar because they're like oh yeah i want to see i want to see her hurting more yeah exactly (laughs) i know like there was one in particular where they they strung her up in the air 
like at the star in the star i saw that and before they like you know hoisted her up they they asked her if if she was okay like are you are you scared you are you okay like they were very very professional on these right, yeah, sets absolutely. um irving claw and i wish i could remember his sister's name off the top of my head i don't know but they were very professional there was never any kind of passes made or anything in any of the girls yeah. but um when it, before they hoisted betty up in that look they asked her like hey are you cool like whatever they said and she's like i believe in jesus and then they just <laughs> hoisted her up <laughs> Her feet were like six inches off the ground, uh-huh. and what's crazy is like her arms are all spread out. Yeah, very you can find these. Jesus-like, right? I'm sorry, but her legs were spread out, not Jesus-like. No. <laughs> and she said that that was really the only time that she felt um, like uncomfortable or scared, and it wasn't even for like the sake of oh, I'm scared I don't want to be here it was just holy shit my feet are six feet like of, literally six discomfort yeah this is literally scary yeah <laughs> but she still said she had fun and she she never once felt like she had done anything wrong with any of her posing or her modeling I mean and she got to where she put would pose completely mm-hmm. nude um but you can always see on the look on her face like she's always so just happy and like genuinely happy it one of the like uh acting seminars or something that she she went to uh, i don't remember what it was but they told her to get on stage and do nothing uh-huh and she you know took her shoes off started unrolling her stockings started unbuttoning her blouse and they're like what 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 are you, uh-uh, no what what are you doing <laughs> and she's like i'm doing nothing because being nude was so natural for Betty right. that even wearing clothes was doing something. Yeah, no, and I, I get that I so much. I get it so much. It's like it was just so organic and natural for her, as right. it should be, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's just human, that's just your human form. I mean, like she said, she never felt any shame because God put Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden completely naked. She's like, well, what makes me any different? All right. But uh, all of this kind of changed, speaking back to that picture that you mentioned of her being hogtied. Yes. When a young boy um, was found dead in a very similar pose. Up in a tree. Yes. Yeah. Um, It's not... It's never been and it never will be confirmed whether it was suicide or a um, failed attempt at autoerotic asphyxiation. Yeah. Me personally, I feel like he was going for autoerotic asphyxiation just based on the pose he was doing. Right. Um, again, this is my personal opinion. Just saying. Um, I mean, it was at a time when sexuality and experimentation and all that kind of stuff was really frowned upon. So, yeah, you go do it in a tree. <laughs> right. So you don't get caught and... It just went wrong, I think. Well, and, you know, I have this theory, and it's not just me. A lot of people do that. If you, when you smother and shun, like, sexuality or sexual tendencies or anything like that, um, you create a very dangerous environment. Oh, yeah. So, like, it's it's toxic. Yeah. Like, look at Ed Gein, right? So, Ed Gein, um, he is... The serial killer that was, um, that inspired Leatherface. Psycho. Um, psycho. Um, a lot of the Texas Chainsaw Massacres were kind of centered around mm-hmm. that. Um, I mean, there's a lot. He started a lot of them. But he was also the one that created his own, um, the nipple chair, or the nipple belt, mm-hmm. and the face <laughs> chair, and the lamps sorry, with skin. <laughs> no, it's Okay. And the lamps with skins and the bowls with human heads. Like, that's... He literally created a nipple belt. I'm just, like, picturing... You can see it! I know. No, no, no. I've seen it. I'm just... With all the areolas I'm just, like, picturing, like, someone, like, out in public, like, hoisting their pants up. Oh, man, I left my belt at home today. And... (laughs) It just, like, cuts to a scene of, like, the string of nipples just, like, strewn over right here. Ah! <laughs> so, but, um, his mom was super, super, super religious. Mm-hmm. And she smothered any kind of sexual thoughts 
um, healthy sexual thoughts and growth and was one of those people that said puberty was disgusting and, you know, they'd get a boner and they would get in trouble. Um, and then look how the fuck he turned out. Like, he literally would it dig people up. Yeah, to cut them into pieces. And um, a lot of them are older, you know, the mommy issue thing. Um, so, like, to going back to that time, like, I think it's important um, to really pay attention to what time it was. Oh, yeah? <laughs> to really pay attention to what time it was, because that was, what, in the 40s-ish, oh. 40s, 50s? Um, so it probably was an attempt at the auto asphyxiation. Um, and he just had to hide it. Poor kid. Right. Well, it led to a big court case uh. of trying to ban pornography and especially that of bondage and pictures of Betty Page in this pose were actually used in that court trial yeah. trying to condemn Irving Claw. And um luckily I mean nothing nothing too serious came of it, but they did demand that the claws um are you hearing me talk about claws? <laughs> <laughs> what pumpkin? Hi. You just want attention? Yeah. <laughs> Coraline. The the claws were basically court ordered to destroy all negatives of their pictures. Yeah. Um but his sister, who was the actual photographer, not like the director and everything, like the sister was the one that hid all of Betty's negatives. I was about to say, which didn't happen, yeah. So she hid all of Betty's because she's like, you know what? I'll destroy the rest of them. Yeah. Do a piece of quartz, make them see that this is done. But this girl right here has something that's going to be big. Historical. I'm sorry. A small break for Corey. We're having a temporary pause for purrs. That's all right. Coraline. Do you want to talk about it? (laughs) She's got a V8 motor. (laughs) Telling (laughs) y'all. (laughs) Y'all. So, um, she hung on to Betty's pictures. Well, this kind of shook Betty, um, to the core. Yeah. And she, she just disappeared. She Mm -hmm. took a step back and then she took 10 steps back and then she was just gone. And, um, a lot of people thought that she had died. Right. Like no one knew what happened to her, but she, she just, I don't know if she was feeling guilt from what happened to this kid or, if she just didn't like the negative attention or what, but it, it just kind of left a bad taste in her mouth. And I'm she sure took it's a she back. just didn't want the attention because yeah. you know how fucking hateful people can be. Oh, especially like super hardcore conservative prudes. Yeah. Like exactly. Mm-hmm. All right. So when Miss Betty Page took off and disappeared, and nobody knew where she went, she actually went to Florida. She was 35 at the time and married a man that was much younger than her. Um, At first, it was super passionate. She really, really liked him. Um, He seemed super motivated. And then after they got married, she realized that his passions were watching TV and eating hamburgers. And she was just very unhappy. Betty loved to dance and yeah. go out and see movies. And see, he he didn't want to do any of that. He just wanted to stay at home and eat fattening food and watch TV all day. Which, I get it, you know, because um, I like to do that too. But you still have to get out, especially yeah. whenever you have a partner. Like, you have to make sure that you compromise with that. So he wasn't very compromising at all whatsoever. And they got into this big fight on New Year's Eve. Um, so she left, this was in 1959, um, and she just went for a walk. Well, down the street, she noticed a white neon sign over a little white church that actually had its doors open. Um, after taking a quiet seat in the back, she had a born-again experience, and Betty Page immersed herself in Bible studies and served as a counselor for the Billy Graham Crusade. This kind of opened up her 
intense obsession with religion. Yes. Um, she was an evangelical Christian, um, very radical views. Um, she went on missionary trips um, or tried to go on missionary trips. Yeah, she tried to be a missionary in Africa, yeah. but they denied her because she'd been divorced. Right. Twice. Twice. And so the only way that they told her that the only way that she could be redeemed for her sins was to convert her first husband, the one that beat her, yeah, to Christianity and to remarry him. Right. And she just wouldn't do it. She did. Oh, did she? Mm-hmm. She remarried the first she one? She remarried the first one. That's crazy. But he was, again, an abusive piece of shit. Right. He was all like, oh, yeah, 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 I'll convert. Roger. Oh, my gosh. He's all like, oh, yeah, 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 I'm a Christian now. And very Christianly beat the shit out of her. And she's right. like, uh-uh, fuck this. He would never consummate the marriage because he said that she was disease-ridden. Huh. And she's like, I've never had a disease in my life. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Right. Like, Well, because when she was taking all of her pictures, she didn't do any kind of porn. Like, she no. never had sex on screen. She never, like, she did have totally nude pictures, but they were all still very tasteful. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, that's just, what a piece of shit. What an asshole. Yeah, very much so. So she annulled that bullshit. She's like, all right, fine, if you're not going to, you know be what I need you to be, to be what I want to be, then I don't want to be with you. So she had the marriage annulled. So after 1959, she kind of starts a quick spiral downwards. Poor baby. Um, in 1967, she married for a third time. That marriage ended in divorce 11 years later. Um, so she kind of went dormant for that time. Um, she did spiral into a very deep depression, um, that was coupled with extremely violent mood swings. Um, had she been given her diagnosis yet at this point? Not yet. It wasn't until later, um, that she was institutionalized and then given her diagnosis, which we'll cover in just a second. Um, so Betty plunged into a depression with violent mood swings. She argued with her landlady and attacked her with a knife. Um, I want to say she stabbed her, like, eight times. Yeah, she, like, crawled on top of her in her mm-hmm. sleep at, like, 2 o'clock in the morning. Yes, and it was an elderly landlady. Um, and then... You know, in all of my research, I couldn't find out whether or not she lived or not. Oh, it doesn't say. Exactly. Yeah, it doesn't so... say. Um, the judge found her innocent by reason of insanity and sentenced her to 10 years in a California mental institution. Um, so... Let's see. She was in... I just had it. She ended up spending 12 months in a state mental institution um, because not only did she stab the landlady, but she also stabbed um, a husband and a wife. So the husband and wife were actually the first two stabbings. And then the 66-year-old landlady was the third victim. Um, she said God inspired her to do it. Oh, Betty. Yeah. She was institutionalized, um, for having acute schizophrenia. Yeah. So she did battle with that a lot, um, which nobody really knew a whole lot of anything about back then. Mm-mm. Um. Especially, like, in Florida at the time. Yeah. Just in the South in general. Mm-hmm. Between 1979 and 1982... Um, Betty Page tried to stab several people to death and was institutionalized again and spent her last days as a recluse. Because at one point, she she could have gotten help. She almost had help. Um, essentially, like, either the court or the police, like, somebody reached out to her most recent husband yeah which she'd had an incident with them um he had three children of his own from previous marriage and one night at dinner um betty actually held a knife to their throats and told them that if they took their eyes off the picture of jesus hanging on the wall she'd spill their guts on the floor wow and so he's like okay betty like thinking on his feet yeah. Like, he's honestly the hero in this whole situation. Yeah. He's thinking on his feet, like, okay, Betty, 
I respect this, but I really got to take a leak. Like, yeah. can I go to the bathroom? So she let him go to the bathroom. She was in a schizophrenic fit that, right. she, I mean, she didn't know. And um, so he called the police, told them what was going on. They came in, took her away. Um, and first of all, how traumatizing for those children. I know. Um, and it, it, at one point, like I said, like the court or the, the police department or somebody reached out to him and was like, hey, can you can you come take her? Because we essentially, like, I think it was, like, the mental institution, like, didn't have room for her anymore or something. Wow. Or she wasn't, quote, bad enough to Yeah, she to wasn't stay. crazy enough to go in. Yeah. Yeah. And so he took her in and took care of her for a little bit before actually one of her brothers reached out to him and was like, hey, like, I'll, you know, meet Betty in California, take her back to L.A., um, they've got a lot better resources for mental health out mm-hmm. there. And so the ex-husband was like, you know, you're right. Like, this is what's best for Betty. Like, we need to think of her and her safety. And so they, you know, put her on a plane, sent her on to California, and her brother never showed up. Oh, no. Yeah. Ugh. So she's just continuously failed by the system. Yeah. and apparently now even more so than before her family because I mean how much of this do you think is from her repressed like traumas from her childhood I bet that's the absolute root cause of all of it yeah I mean it has to be because you endear I mean you endure so much of it you know even if like you said earlier even if she said she let her father touch her on the outside um, I mean, as a kid, it doesn't matter. That's why the consenting age is 18. Exactly. Because it doesn't matter if you let them or not. Like, it's still gonna, it still fucks with you. Oh, absolutely. Well, and then she did have that one time. Was it in New York? Yeah. yeah it was. This is when she first moved to New York. It was after a casting call, and she got into a car with, she was called over to a car of somebody that was either a producer or somebody that was in the casting. Uh, she was walking home out of the casting um, casting room or what have you, and she saw one of the men that had been there or something. Yeah. Or she thought she recognized him, and they struck up a conversation, and he asked her if she wanted to go dancing. Yeah. Betty loved dancing, so she agreed. So she got in the car with them, and then... They picked up some other people. There were, like, five men in the car. And they started going the opposite direction over a bridge out of town. And she started realizing, well, this isn't good. Yeah. And they um, forced her to perform oral sex on all of them. Ugh. So it's been accumulating. Right. Um, And I can't help but think that whenever she wanted to be that missionary in Africa... I can't help but think that whenever they told her, no, you're not good enough, you're a sinner, that this is what kind of triggered it. Like, you're divorced multiple times, you've done these nude pictures, you, you know, it's bringing up all of these traumas of her past, of her father's abuse, and her mother abandoning her, and those men attacking her in New York. It's like, I can imagine that that's probably what kind of snapped that little bit of sanity keeping her her acute schizophrenia in check. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like I said, it did say that she spent 10 years in a California mental institution. Um, it also said she spent most of her final years in a one-bedroom apartment just reading the Bibles. Um, listening to Christian and country music songs, watching westerns on television, catching up on diet and exercising regimens, and sometimes... Um, pursuing secondhand clothing stores. So she would try to open up a couple of those. Um, but yeah, the end of her life is sad. Now, at one point, um, she, Hugh Hefner, like, reached out to her and found her. Was it Hugh Hefner that found her? Yes. Um, somebody found her. Uh, I want to say it was Hef. And, <laughs> sorry, I watched a lot of the girls next door. Oh, Hef. Oh, Hef. Puffin. <laughs> I was in love uh, with Kendra. Really? Oh, I can see that. Oh, my God. I was a total Bridget Marquardt. Of course you were. <laughs> I mean, she was hot, but I was so in love with Kendra because... Oh, Sporty girl. I know, because I'm a fucking lesbian, and that's just... <laughs> <laughs> 
I loved Bridget because she was all pink sunshine and kitty cats and horror movies and blood and Halloween. Yeah. (laughs) It fits. It fits. Of course, we all got to love Holly Madison. Poor baby. She's been through some shit. Did you read her book? Uh Uh-uh. Down the Rabbit Hole? No. Tell me about it. What happened? Tell me some stories. Since we're talking about... Oh, my gosh. Another Playboy bunny. Well, basically, Hugh Hefner is a disgusting piece of shit human. Yeah. Well, and... I mean... Shocker, I guess. <laughs> um, he's, like, really mentally abusive. He was mentally abusive. He's yeah. dead, right? Yes. Okay. He's, like... He was, like, really mentally abusive towards the girls and um, was basically the king of the quaaludes and um forced them into a lot of predicaments that they didn't want to be in yeah um yeah i mean my thought about that is somebody that recycles through very very young wives and recruits very young girls it doesn't surprise me but i'm gonna have to look for the book i know i have it i want to say i lent it to someone don't know if it made its way back to me or not, <laughs> but it was a really good read. It was kind of heavy, but it was a good read. Yeah. Um, but anyways, Hugh Hefner yeah. uh, reached out to Betty because one day Betty realized, like, when she got out of the institution, like, oh my God, like, I'm, I'm kind of famous. Because in the 90s, like, Betty's pictures and images and everything just kind of exploded yeah and it started a whole new like the rockabilly scene just kind of erupted right because when she went into the institution like she nobody really talked about her at all Mm -hmm. because it was not good to like her pictures because she was still being blamed for that little boy's death exactly wow and so um that there was a movie that came out called the notorious betty page yeah um, that she did not give consent for. They made that movie about her without talking about her, which that movie was, it's hit and miss. It's got its pros and its cons. Right, 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 um, right. It was shot cinematically stupid gorgeous. Like, it was very reminiscent of the movies released in the 1950s. Like, that hazy lighting and yeah. the, like, uncomfortably vivid coloring, like, that pre-Technicolor color. <laughs> yeah. God, such a pretty movie, the way they made it to look like it was made in the 50s. Um, but they didn't give Betty any kind of substance. Like, they gave substance to all of the surrounding characters, but they didn't give Betty any kind of oomph. Mm. It was just kind of like, okay, this happened, okay, now this is happening, and moving on to, like, this part of her life and that part of her life, and it just didn't have her any kind of growth yeah. at all. So, it's kind of disappointing in that sense, but... I mean, the actress that played her was hot as hell, so. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, Hef basically was like, hey, Betty, like, you see how popular you are now and all of these things, like, the Betty's Pages comic books, the Notorious Betty Page movie, all of these, like, postcards and mugs and t-shirts and all of this shit with your face on it, you should be getting paid for. Right. So he hooked her up with a good lawyer and... Um, I want to say, like, even now that, I mean, even being deceased, I want to say that her estate is worth, like, $10 million. Oh, I could only, I could absolutely imagine. It's crazy. Because the rockabilly, pinup, psychobilly, like, that's all still so prevalent now. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, she is, is, not was, but she is a huge inspiration in a lot of the ways that I dress and a lot of the looks that I have, and right, exactly. Um, you're full Betty Page today. Like, oh, thanks. You're welcome. <laughs> I tried really hard to do Betty Page bangs for you, but yeah. my hair was a little too dirty. <laughs> so my, right. my cowlick kept splitting, so yeah. I had to push it back instead. <laughs> well, now one thing with, you know, this whole, all the research and everything with this, I will have to say I, I view her in a slightly different light. Not because of her mental health, but because of the acting on the bondage pictures. Because in my mind, and this is just what I built up for her. Tell me. In my mind, I just, I pictured her being part of a bondage scene and being the dominatrix that she's photographed as. 
Um, but then whenever I realized that it was all just... An act. Yeah, that it was all an act, I was like, well, damn. Like, it's kind of <laughs> like whenever you meet your quote-unquote hero, and they're, like, not who you expected them to be. Yeah. You know? I feel that. So it's kind of like that. Like, that just unfortunate, like, well, fuck. Like, here I thought that she was, like, this super strong dominatrix. And she was. She was a strong woman. You know, she was a businesswoman. Um, she was way ahead of her time with independence as, uh, as female independence and everything goes. Um, I guess I'm just kind of bummed out that oh. she's not a dominatrix like I thought. Because I just, the whole leather and whip and, like, I figured that was just regular Tuesday for her. But it wasn't. It was just work. I understand. Wah, wah. I, on the other hand, feel like I, like, appreciate her more. Yeah. Just from... The fact of how non-judgmental she was about all of it. A hundred percent. Like, that she got all of these requests, and she never once thought, ew, that's weird, or, oh, that's gross, or, oh, that makes me uncomfortable. She was just like, all right, well, if that's what you want, let's do it. Shit. (laughs) Like, fuck it. Um, The fact that she was just so, like, confident and comfortable with everything about herself. Yeah. um, Like, she made all of her own lingerie. Like, all of those bondage pictures and bikini pictures um the the leopard print one of her with those big cats i mean she made all of her own lingerie and bikinis and everything and just she worked her body and she she made her own because all of the stuff in the stores wasn't scantily clad enough right. for her and I just think that that's just the hottest thing I'm like good for you Betty like oh this bikini top is not small enough here let's make it look like Doritos like <laughs> <laughs> little Dorito triangles on our tits well, but okay so how often do you make your clothes I don't you don't at all well I used to I I don't make them but I do um like piece them like together and embellish make them fit. yes yeah Because that's what I do with, like, I have a very small number of t-shirts that actually have the collar on them because I usually cut off my t-shirts or, um, I'll add, like, I'll, I'll just, I take scissors. I take kitchen scissors to almost every single one of my fucking t-shirts. Yeah. And I either tie them or safety pin them together and, I mean, so that I like. Yeah, I do. Um, not that you mentioned, I mean, like, you know, like tie-dyeing and stuff like that. Um, but a lot of times I'll... Yeah, make it more unique. Like I'll, like you said, I'll cut the collar out of a t-shirt. Um, one of my favorite shirts that I have, I cut a skull face in the back of. Oh yeah. So I'll wear like a a bright colored tank underneath it, and you'll like see the skull face on top of it. And I put like a like a swoop collar and like sewed a bow onto it. So I mean, I don't make my own clothes, but you I make do your have, clothes your own. So yes, I do um, personalize several pieces that I have. But just the whole aspect of this isn't sexy enough for my taste, so I'm going to make it myself is just so hot to me <laughs> that she's just like, oh fuck this, I'll just do it myself. Right. Which what's a crazy thing was another pe- another group of assholes took advantage of her i'm sorry y'all i know that this podcast is just all over the place that's fine it's our talk we're just they're used to it they're used to it it's fine um it's just so much fun i'm so excited uh they this company was like hey we want to take pictures of you bring all of your bikinis all your lingerie we want to take pictures of you in it and so she did she showed up she took all these pictures and like every piece of clothing that she'd made and then a few months later, she found this catalog. It was called, like, The Bikinis of Betty Page or the, the Lingerie of Betty Page. And they were recreating all of the bikinis and lingerie that she had made to sell. No way. Without her getting any kind of compensation. Uh-uh. She's just taken advantage of. Well, how you had made a comment about um, the leopard print photo shoot with the big cats. Mm-hmm. Um, she had said she was very nervous. Yes. During that, because they gave her one of the cats... Were they cheetahs? They were cheetahs. One of the cheetahs was not having a good day. Yeah, had been sick the night before. Yeah, and so it was kind of had an attitude, and the trainer gave her the fucking chain and said, Here, 
don't let this go. <laughs> yeah. If if the cat gets up, grab that chain tighter. Yes. <laughs> and she said she was so nervous, but you couldn't tell it on her face. No. She looks just sexy and radiant as ever. Yes. But inside, what was she battling with? Exactly. Ugh, sad. It makes me wonder, like, it in her youth, I mean, I know that it affected her, but... It's like I said earlier, like, did it just snap all of a sudden? Because it seemed like it came on really hard and really strong. That's what she said. Um, It seems like it just escalated extremely quickly, and she just had this downward spiral as opposed to, like, this gradual transition. Oh, no, I'm sure she was holding it all back, and that fucking... Erupted like a champagne bottle. Yeah, I was about to say, that damn that just let loose, and... Yeah. That was it. In 2008, Betty Page um, came down with pneumonia. She was really weak. Um, and she died from a heart attack at the age of 85. That's crazy. Yeah. It's a long life. It is a long life. I didn't realize that she had lived that long, honestly. Yeah, because she'd, she'd been in hiding for so long. Not hiding, but she'd been right. like a recluse for so long. I mean, people had already thought that she'd been dead for years whenever... Um, Basically, like, she kind of had that re uh, reintroduction into it all whenever they had that party in her honor at the Playboy Mansion. Yeah. Um, and she just had one request, was just no pictures. Like, I don't want to disappoint my fans. I just want them to remember me how I was. Yeah. And that's so Have sad. you seen a picture of her older? There's only one picture that you can really find of her when she's older. And I want to say it's one that was taken at the Playboy party. And she still looked gorgeous. Yeah. She still had her, her Betty bangs. The oh. iconic Betty bangs. Are you serious? Yes. Oh, I'm going to have to look it up. Which, fun fact, um, she didn't have those always. I want to say it was Irving Claw that told her, like, suggested, like, hey, have you ever thought about cutting bangs? Like, you've got kind of a high forehead. <laughs> and um, she went home and cut herself, cut them herself that night. Those wow. iconic Betty bangs. That's crazy. Huh. She loved them. She loved them. I mean, it's a it's a staple to her look. It is, and that, like I said, like she had them up until the end. She yeah. was like, "No, nah, it's mine." <laughs> <laughs> I tried the Betty Bangs, but um, my cowlicks are too strong. Like the entire front of my hairline is just like four different directions of bullshit. <laughs> I will never have bangs again. No. No. I had my mother force them upon me as a child. <laughs> and anytime we would have picture day or anything like that at school, she would always, because she's a child of the 80s. Oh, were they so the she big would like, round brush? Oh, my God, with the big round brush. And she would curl them on top of that with the smallest curler. <laughs> so she would take the smallest curler, and there would be, like, three layers of curls. And then she would take that Aquanet and, like, lightly with a um, pick. Pick it out. Lightly yep. pick it out. And then just spray hairspray the shit out of it and so i would have this like poodle top knot right on my forehead oh but those looks are coming back and i'm really excited about it i'm not like uh, fashion I, mullets I won't be in. fashion mullets are back yeah i'm not gonna i'm gonna stick in the 50s <laughs> yeah i'm gonna do the whole 80s 90s grunge punk with a little bit of 50 pinup girl thrown in there i feel that um sometimes a homeless of- hippie little bit of 40s 50s pinup girl yeah. with that 60s 70s flower child right yeah we're so iconic <laughs> we're so all it, over the it's fucking like place we're basic but we're not basic <laughs> i know we're the basic alternative white girl we're basic hipster alternative white girls you can take the hipster i don't want to be a hipster i'm I not taking am. the hipster <laughs> retro style before it was cool i'm not accepting that i remember what was it like i don't know maybe 10 years ago it's like like nine or ten years ago like the the retro pinup rockabilly thing became like mainstream fashion and everyone started dressing up as pinup girls for halloween Uh and i'm like i am insulted right it's like when people dress up as witches for Halloween. Yeah. That's insulting. I know. I know. Or they'll have, like, the 50s parties. Now, my mom had a 50s party, but that only worked because she was turning 50, right? So it was, like, her, like, 
the poodle skirts and everything like that. And everybody was, my mom had to ask me like, what website does she go to to buy the dress? And I don't know what to wear. And like, how does this go? And blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, I'm just going to go to my closet and put clothes on. Right. Like, I don't know what to tell you. I'm not costuming. I'm I'm just dressing assembling. to go out. I know. Like, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. This is how I always look. <laughs> um, well, you know what's so funny is I think one of the main reasons that I have that caught me with the whole pinup look in general is the fact that Betty Page was so curvy. Yeah. Um, and curvy and pinup go hand in hand. And so it always made me very, very confident. Like the second I get all done up, that bright red lipstick, the eyeliner, the um, eyelashes, everything like that. Like I was ready, right? Yes. Um, they're always, they're very powerful. I just, I don't know. I loved it. So I had an ex-girlfriend, not going to name her. Doesn't matter. She won't listen to the podcast anyways. But, um, <laughs> did you hear it? Did you hear the, the, I heard a little microaggression. Yeah. There. Did you, did you hear it? I did. I, I kind of liked it. Um, oh. anyways, she hated it. What? So I would try so hard to like do my victory rolls, do the victory roll in the front for my bandana. Like I tried to do all that when we were together and she, she just didn't like it. She was like, I don't know. Like, I just don't like that look. Now that we're broken up. Oh, no. She loves it. Ugh. And I started literally, like, a year after we broke up. I was like, f- not even. I want to say it was, like, three months after we broke up that I started practicing, and like, with my hair and everything. And I was like, man, fuck it. Like, I'm just going to do what I want. And I'd be goddamned if I did not walk into her house. And she's like, oh, you look really cute today. Oh, and I hope you choke. <laughs> <laughs> Like, you didn't like it whenever we were together. Like, what the fuck? Why do you like it now? But yeah. So annoying. So, I get a lot. Do you get a lot of attention whenever you're in full dress on the outside? Yeah. Um, Sometimes, most of the time it's positive attention. Oh, yeah. Um, Sometimes I do get negative attention. Like, whenever I was walking Raptor earlier, there was a woman sitting in her car in the parking lot, and she was just, like, watching me. Just her eyes and her head were just following me, and I'm just watching her <laughs> walking my dog, and she kind of, like, shook her head and looked down, and I'm like, what does that even mean? What does that even mean? I don't know if it was, like, the the hair or the makeup. I'm thinking it was the fact that my hair is hot pink. Whatever. And she's probably just like, this bitch. This hoodlum. Right. Heathen. But, but for the most part, I, it's, I do, yeah, I now that you mentioned that, I do get a lot of attention. It's... I get a lot of comments and stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't notice the negative comments anymore because I'm so tattooed that people stare at me all the fucking time anyways that I don't... We Okay, so in work I train people um, how to be a groomer. So I take new groomers every once in a while we go out to eat. Well, I had taken a batch of groomers out to a restaurant in the same parking lot as work. And one of the girls, her name was Jessica, she was all like, Ashley, do you see them staring at you? And I was all like, no. Mm-hmm. Like, what are you talking about? And she was all like, I don't know, does that happen often? Like, they're, they're, and it was the typical middle-aged white people, white woman clutching her <laughs> pearls because I was walking by. And um, I kind of laughed and I was like, no, like, I'm used, to, I'm very used to it. Um then, um, one of my old friends had gone out to dinner with me and my friend Jackie, and both of us have got a lot of tattoos, you know, um, I'm loud, she's not, <laughs> but we went out and he was shocked and he was like, I never noticed how much people stare at y'all. And I'm like, well, yep. I don't fucking notice it either because people, if I catch somebody staring, I'll usually just stare right back. Like I did at that bitch in her car. Right. Or I'll look at them and I'll smile. Because, yeah. you know, the first thing they're thinking is about, like, oh, look at that trashy girl. Bitch. Mm. My arms combined cost me at least six grand. Like, fuck you and your trashy. <laughs> These things are expensive. <laughs> I feel that. I'm with you. It's like I, I don't notice it a lot of the time. I mean... Yeah. I'm I'm not covered in tattoos. I don't have a single tattoo. I'm a blank canvas. That blows my mind. Doesn't it? <laughs> blows my fucking mind. I, do, I it does not compute. Completely blank canvas, but just with my outlandish outfits and hair and makeup that I do, it's like if I'm not in the full, you know, pinup rockabilly look, which, you know, as you said, garners a lot of attention, then I'm wearing, you know, tie-dye with Christy is a real life gothic disney princess 
all the time. Oh, you sweet little thing. Yeah, see? All the time. (laughs) (laughs) And it's amazing. Like, so, yeah, she's always very colorful and loud. Lots of color. And lots of, yeah, very very loud. Not even even boisterous. (laughs) Just, like, loud and... I don't know, you're, the, the way you dress, the way you carry yourself, it screams confident. Oh, and thank you. <laughs> you're welcome. I'm glad I'm fooling someone. <laughs> <laughs> hey, fake it till you fucking make That's it, right. dude. <laughs> but, I mean, and it does, and that, uh, that attracts attention, which, again, kind of wraps around to where um, the, the pinup thing really brings attention, because, one, it's a classic look, you know, and it's unfortunate. I'm not going to say unfortunately because I'm a sexual being as everybody knows from kinks and figs like we're very open and healthy with our sexuality which is our most played episode by the way yes and which I love that makes me so happy it shows how freaky you creeps really are I love it (laughs) it's also the one I think we've laughed the most in is kinks and figs um but anyways so um I don't know, sex and pinup kind of go hand in hand, but in a tasteful way. Yes, it's very much like burlesque. Like, it's the art of the tease. Right. Not the actual, like, I mean, I understand that it was supposed to spark, um, like, emotions of sexiness and sensuality and being turned on you know men would have like their calendar hung up in their garage or what have you but it was always just very tongue-in-cheek and winking and yes very flirty very flirty and playful and I don't want to say innocent but but it kind of is kind of is so I think it's like it's the it's it's just just the innocence of everything the innocence of how natural sex is. Yeah. And that it's okay. And I really think that that's what Betty embodied, was that sex is natural. It's okay. Right. I mean, she she didn't say it out loud, but I mean, just based off of her feelings of, you know, God put Adam and Eve nude in the Garden of Eden, I imagine Betty probably had the same mentality of, you know, God gave you a clitoris, he wants you to feel good. Right. So, I mean... Right. It's just the whole, I mean, it's natural. It's your body. It's what your body does. It's what creates more life. It's just, sex is fine. Yes. And posing naked is fine. <laughs> and posing semi-naked is fine. She even had a pastor, like, she asked him, she's like, am I going to hell for posing naked? And he's like, well, Betty, I mean, you've read the Bible. Have you, um, have you ever murdered anybody? She's like, well, No. He goes, well, there's Christians in the Bible that have murdered other Christians and God forgave them. Right. And she's like, oh, well, you're good. I guess you're right. So shout out, by the way, to Mr. Anonymous, we don't know your name, preacher, pastor guy who told Betty, like, yeah, fine. Right. Because it was fine. And she was fine. Very. What are we talking about next week? Hey. <laughs> We're talking about hey. 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 <laughs> hey. So speaking of people dressing up as witches for Halloween, it is officially September, ah! which means the haunting time is upon us. Yes. Yes. Halloween starts September 1st in my life. Woo! Same. Same. Halloween starts as soon as there's any mention of fall because we can't have just one month. No. So, September means it's Halloween month. Yep. October is Halloween month. Technically, every month is Halloween month for us, but we need at least two months to fully enjoy it. Fully get it out. Yes. So, we will be discussing witches. Ooh, witches. Ooh, witches. I'm so excited. The history of witches, current witchcraft, the Salem witch trials... We're going to try to pack as much witchy shit into next week's episode as we possibly can. Yeah. And we'll go on tons of tangents. Oh, it's going to just be all over the place, so make sure you're, like... Casting, altars... All of it. Book of Shadows. Grimoires. Ugh. (gasps) Be prepared. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. 
Uh, we're going to try to, over the next... How many weeks are in September? Four? Yeah, sure. Four. And then roughly four or five in October. Over the next two months... <laughs> we're not going to... Much easier. Over the next two months, we're going to try to fit as much Halloween-esque um, content as we can for you guys. Yep. So tell us something that you want to hear. Yes, email us at audititiespod at gmail.com. I got it that time. <laughs> or reach out to us on our Facebook page, Audititties and Clitorosities Podcast. Um, we really want to hear your input. We want to know what you want to hear about all things relating to Halloween. Ooh. Ooh, spooky. <laughs> what happened today? Do you want to tell them about what we're on now? What? We got put on iHeartRadio. Oh, we're on iHeartRadio! Oh, <laughs> Even Raptor's excited! Yay! So we tried really, really hard for um, a couple months, actually, mm-hmm. to get put on iHeart. Um, I'm persistent and annoying. Ashley put in at least five requests. I want to say I requested it two or three times. Right? And we're fucking there. We're, we're there. I heart radio. I heart radio. Hearts us. We're Woo. on their radio. So thanks for that. <laughs> you can hear us on iHeartRadio now. Woo! Whoop. High Spotify, five. Apple oh, iPod. That was really bad. <laughs> oh goodness. Um, the Apple. However, Apple does Apple, their podcast. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, Google Pod, Google Pod, iHeartRadio. What? iHeartRadio. Hopefully, Pandora soon. Mm, do they be, do a podcast? I don't. I don't know. I don't know. We'll I've never out. listened to a podcast on Pandora. It's worth looking into. It sure is. Tell us how you listen to your podcast. Tell us what you want to hear for Halloween, and tell us how you listen to your podcast. We'll try to get on there. Yes. Bye. Peace out. <laughs>